All right. Well, it is uh, good to be together this morning. Does anybody like to laugh? Does anyone like to laugh? Okay, good. Well, hopefully that's what happens. I got a joke for you this morning. I like jokes. If you're not laughing, that means something's wrong. Uh, It is good to be together and, and worship today, and so I wanted to start off today with a little joke. I haven't thrown one of these out there in a while. So there was two young boys who were forever getting into trouble, and they were... (laughs) And the mothers agree. There was two young boys who were forever getting into trouble, and uh, disrupting classes in school, and teasing neighborhood children, and taking what didn't belong to them. And one day their mother asked the the pastor over to see if he could talk some sense into them, and, and maybe reprimand them. But... The pastor decided, rather than threatening the boys and and reprimanding them, the pastor decided a more subtle approach. He would try to help the boys see that that God is everywhere and that God is aware of everything and is displeased with these boys when they acted wrongly. Uh, But the pastor wanted the boys to come to their own conclusion. He didn't want to just lecture them. And so he thought he'd begin by asking some questions. And so he said, young men, Uh, After having them sit down and he was facing them on the couch, young men, I have a question for you. Where is God? And the two boys, you know, were just kind of frozen there, paralyzed by fear. The pastor staring down at them and, and they were kind of unsure how to answer. And the pastor said again, where is God? And the preacher repeated a little bit more firmly. Surely, you know, where is God? Surely, you know, that a simple answer to a question like that. I'll ask you one more time, boys, where is God? And at that, the older boy jumped up and grabbed his brother and kind of whispered in his ear without the pastor hearing, come on, let's get out of here, he whispered. God's missing and he thinks we did it. (laughs) All right, good. Oh boy, you got to love that. You know, I believe there's two things that we could always do more of. And one is pray, which we always talk about. And one is laugh. It's good for the soul. So you haven't laughed lately, just go home and laugh at your family for fun today or something like that. It's good for your soul. It nurtures the soul. And God is, as we know today, God is definitely not missing. We know where God is. He's here with us this morning. His spirit is with us in a powerful way as we worship together. And he's, he's very, very close to every single one of us. And I just want to start by saying that this morning. If you're, if you're new here today, if you haven't uh, been to a worship service in a while, and you're wondering, what's, how does this connect with me? God is here. We believe that God's spirit is, is present and uh, it's powerful. And we believe that, that Jesus changes lives and that's why we're here. And that God's very, very close to every single one of you. And he knows exactly what you're going through this morning. Whether you feel close to him or not, he knows where you're at and he knows what you need the most. We've been reading through the book of Psalms this summer and sadly this is our last Sunday studying the Psalms. I have never read the Psalms so much as I have this summer and hopefully some of you have been going through that as well. For the rest of this year, all the way through January, if you flip over your bulletin, if you're new today or if you want to get into these Bible readings, we're reading through the Bible this year as hope. Uh, and uh, there's scriptures on the back of your bulletin that kind of give you something to read each day if you need a little bit of structure. And this being Labor Day weekend and sort of the the symbolic end of summer and the beginning of fall, we're going to be moving into a new series next week. We're going to be moving into 1 Corinthians, and uh, I'm excited about that for Rally Sunday. But I have to say that it has been an incredible ride 
this summer, exploring who God is, digging into the Psalms. And so today, being our final Sunday specifically focused on the Psalms, I thought that we would try a little something different. And we're going to break up the teaching today with a little bit of worship and with a little bit of prayer. And so I'm going to teach a little bit, and then Paul's going to come back up and lead us in a little bit of worship about a song that we just were taught about, and then we're going to spend some time in prayer. And so we're going to try to experience God as we know that we can in a, in a variety of ways uh, this morning through teaching, through prayer, and through song. And so as it turns out today with our psalm, if you've got one, uh, Psalm 146 in front of you, go ahead and turn to that. We're going to be digging in that, uh, taking it verse by verse. So you'll want to have that in front of you today. We want to have open Bibles and open hearts here at City Branch. We love God's word. We believe that it's a treasure. If you need one, there's a few left um, on the ends of the rows here. Just raise your hand and uh, we can pass one down. As it turns out for today, our Psalm 146, which Mark just read for us, it provides this wonderful natural outline, even a a summary of where we've been the last few months as we've been reading through. And so for the rest of our time today, we're going to use Psalm 146 um, as sort of a, a, a outline, as a summary of where we've been. And we're going to use it to explore and look back at, first of all, the fact that we've been created to praise And then the two main reasons for why we're called to praise, why we worship God, because of who he is and because of what he does. And so let's take a look at this together. If you've got your Bibles there, let's look at verses 1 and 2. And actually, I think we've got those up on the screen. So if you can, let's read 146 verses 1 and 2 together. Praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God with my dying breath. And so if you'll notice, this psalm ends the same way that it begins, doesn't it? Praise the Lord. The same way that that so many other psalms start and end with giving praise to God. If there's any heartbeat of the psalms, if you're wondering what are the psalms all all about, it's that God is worthy of our worship. That God is worthy of our entire lives live for him, not just what we do here on Sundays. And over the past couple months, we've been through all sorts of psalms, some really cheery, some that fire you up, some that inspire you, but some not so much, some that are a little bit more actually depressing because the psalmists are being real. They're being real about the brokenness and the trouble that they face, but it's no coincidence that almost all the psalms begin and end the same way, whether it's praise the Lord and praise the Lord, or whether it's something else. All the psalms are sort of bookend with God's truth. That no matter what the specific psalm is about, it begins with something like praise the Lord and ends with something like praise the Lord. And I think there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that because God never changes. No matter what we're going through, God is faithful. God never changes. Praise the Lord. God, you are worthy of worship no matter what the circumstances of my life are. Because it's easy to praise, as we're talking about today. It's easy to sing praises to God when everything's going well, right? I'm sure you've come in here sometimes on Sunday mornings or out in West Des Moines or at North Branch in Ankeny and you're singing and you're worshiping and you just have that extra little motivation to worship and maybe even feel like raising your hands or clapping a little bit more than you normally do because life is going good, right? There's reason to worship God. Well, that's great, but what about when your life is just kind of messy? What about when things aren't going well? Do we still worship God or we just kind of say, ah, 
I don't really feel like it today. But maybe it's less about how we're feeling and more about who God is. That's why the psalmist encourages us in verse 5, put your hope in God, not in your fleeting feelings from day to day or necessarily how close you feel to God today. Put your hope in God and worship because praise isn't just something you do. Our lives are worship, as we've talked about so much this summer. It's who we are. Worship is what we were created to do. It's the way that we're wired up. And so we're going to shake things up a bit today. I'm going to have Paul come up uh, for our first time. And as we've been, I don't want to just stand up here and talk to you about praise. Um, Paul's going to come up and we've been doing a song over the past couple months that's called Let Everything That Has Breath. And so as he's coming up, why don't you stand up? And this is our first seventh inning stretch of the sermon. So stretch it out a little bit. And we're going to sing uh, a song together called Let Everything That Has Breath. And as you're singing this, I want you to think about that. I was created to praise. These aren't just words on a page. These aren't just words on the screen. But as you're thinking about this, think about the entire universe. Think about everything that you see, including you praising God. So think about that as we worship together. today as we sing that song that represents kind of this first area of the psalm that we're talking about today we just say that we trust you you are worthy you are worthy of our praise and no matter what life has thrown at us the last couple months it doesn't change the fact that you're worthy it doesn't change the fact that you are completely other that you are completely holy and so we stand in awe of you today Amen. All right, go ahead and have a seat. Okay, part two. 
Next, I want to I keep moving through this psalm down to focus on verses 5 and 6. So turn your eyes a little bit down the page there. We were created to the praise. We were created to praise. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. But why? Why do we praise? And I believe we'll find it has very little to do with our ability. It has very little to do with whether you can sing on key. It has very little to do with how you might feel on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. First of all, we worship God simply because of who he is. And so the psalmist writes this in verses 5 and 6. So let's read this together. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. Wow, that's an incredible promise, isn't it? So often we base our praise, and I think sometimes we even base our desire to follow God on what he's done for us lately. If things are, if things are going well, if God, you're answering my prayers, if, if, you know, I have all these, these, these dreams, I have these, these desires for what my life, the next step of my life is going to be. And if they're working out, well, then you and I are great, God. But if my plans aren't working out, then do we still worship God? But I believe there's something inside of us that longs to be connected to something bigger. When you worship Is it about you or is it about getting wrapped up and consumed in the largeness of God? Something inside of us connects with something of God and it's a spirit. And so what we do is sometimes we lose the fact that if God had never did anything for us, if God never created us in love, if God had never given us this world to live in, if he never gave us the gift of love and the gift of friendship, Everything that we have, including sending his own son to die for us. If he never would have done any of that, he would still be worthy of worship. Isn't that crazy? Just try to get your mind around that for a second. If he never did anything, God alone, just as he exists, is so holy that he commands our worship. God has that much value. God has that much worth. And so the question this morning is, for all of us, the question I'm asking myself recently is, is your love of God based on your circumstances in life? Is your love of God based on on his delivery of everything that you want? Or is your relationship with God, is your love of God based on a personal relationship and love for God's heart and who he is? What is it that motivates your praise? What is it that motivates your praise? Is your love for God, is your worship of God conditional? Something to think about. And I was thinking about that, this conditional loving of God. I was was thinking about what that looks like in a very tangible way this week. And I remember a story my brother recently told me, my brother is a pastor up in, uh, in, up in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, and he was doing some uh, pre-marriage counseling with a couple, and uh, some of you have maybe been there recently, and he was spending just some time getting to know the couple and, and helping them learn more about each other, because they're going to be married, and uh, to learn more about themselves. And one of the questions that he posed to this couple, uh, he asked to, to, to them both, but he first asked it to the husband, and he said, so tell me, Bob. 
uh, what's one thing that you really love about, we'll call her Mary? What's one thing that you just love about her? And he thought, and he thought, which maybe wasn't a good sign. And, oh, 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 and then he finally got all, all excited, and he said, you know what? I really appreciate just the way that, and Nathan's like, oh, good, he's got something. And he goes, I really appreciate the way that, that she supports my love for snowmobiling. She's, she's always getting me the latest gear. And, and actually, uh, uh, a few years ago for my birthday, she got me a brand new snowmobile. It just, it just makes me feel really good and, and loved inside just to know that she cares that much. And so my brother's sitting there going, right, okay. And, and this isn't necessarily, I don't know, even know what he did after that. But uh, I don't know what you say. I'd be stumped. But uh, and this isn't to rag on this couple or for other couples that have maybe struggled with those things. And it seems a little harsh, but it's kind of true. And it leads us to an important point for us this morning his answer was all about what he was getting out of the relationship and had very little to do with his love for her heart, right? What, what about her personality? What about her character? What, what stirs her heart? And so what about God stirs your heart? What do you love about God? Is it his beauty? Is it his vastness? Or is it his handouts? Is it what he's done for you lately? And I, I pray that as a church that we would grow in maturity in Christ and that, that I pray that God would move us as a church towards more intimate praise with God. That we would move into intimacy with God as we worship, that we're not just singing, we're not just going through the motions but that we're worshiping God because we're saying, God, I love your heart. God, I love your personality. I love who you are. I love your character. God, I, right now as I'm worshiping, I just, I'm standing in awe of your beauty. And, and I'm going to worship you because you are God. And I'm in love with you. And so I'm going to invite Paul back up again for our second stretch. And we're going to sing a song that's very familiar. It's called Forever. And there's a line in this song that says, Forever God is faithful. It's just who God is. And that's what we've been talking about. That God is worthy of our worship just because he is, because he's faithful, because he's never going to change. And as we just read in those verses that are in our psalm today, God forever is faithful. He forever keeps his promises. Do you believe that this morning? So let's stand together and sing forever. God is faithful.
those words, forever you are faithful. God, I, I pray that as a church that you would take our worship corporately together deeper. I pray that we would move towards intimacy with you, towards deeper relationships with you. And that as we come here on Sunday and as we sing these songs, God, I pray that we would expect to be moved, that we would expect big things from you because you're a big, incredible God. So God, give us a taste of your grandeur, your holiness. We just thank you for the ways that who you are brings everything else into our lives into perspective. Thank you, God. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So as we continue to move through this psalm, I hope you're getting an idea for the rhythm of it. It's walking us through the basics of the psalms. And so we're created to praise. And first of all, we just learned that we simply need to praise and worship God because of who he is. But I, I want to turn our sights now into verses 7 through 9. And this is going to provide for us the second main reason that we worship God. And so this is a couple slides. And so let's read this together. He gives justice to the oppressed. And food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. He cares for the orphans and widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. The, this God that we worship, who just a few verses earlier were called to worship just because he's the creator. This, this, this great, big, huge, amazing, gigantic God who's the creator of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the seas, as we read just a little bit ago, is the same God who's working to bring food to the hungry, is the same God who cares for orphans and widows, a God who is, who is wholly other and, and, and holy and set apart is also deeply involved. He's got his hands messy in the brokenness of our lives. He's got his hands messy in the restoration of our world. That is incredible. That, that same God is the one that knows you inside and out. When, when, when we see lives being changed right in front of our eyes, maybe it's your own life that was changed. You can't help but celebrate and worship. Because in the end, we know that it's God who changes lives. It's not sort of a, a, an American mentality. We pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and look at me. I got rescued. We're not our own savior. It's God who sets people free from addictions. It's, it's God who's the one who heals the broken, who heals the sick. It's God, the one who brings marriages back together who restores broken relationships and friendships it's god it's the one that soften softens hearts of stone and as mark brant reminded us a few weeks ago as we were looking at psalm 115 it is so not about us it's so not about us you hear us say over and over again around hope, God is on the move. God is on the move. Look what God did there. Look what God did there. God is up to some awesome things here in the city. I think I say that every week because it's true and because it's not about us. 
God is on the move. And we choose that language very carefully to remind ourselves the one who's running the show here. (laughs) It's not us. And even if we have words that are a little bit off the screen, and if somebody's singing a little bit out of tune, or your chair's a little bit loose this morning, or whatever, it's not about us. We're not here to be perfect. We're here to worship and to be wrapped up in something much bigger. So God is on the move. And notice in verses 7 and 8 that we just read, particularly, it's God doing all these things. It's not, wow, Israelites, look at what you're doing. (laughs) Wow, Israelites, look at you're obeying me and you're freeing the oppressed and you're giving food to the hungry. No, God is the one doing that. And that's why he gets the praise. But here's this incredible truth. And this is where you and I enter into this amazing story today. We are partners in this. God doesn't just say, I got it. I'm the God of the universe. You just go and stay over there and try not to sin. That's not life. That's not the life that we were created for. God says, you are my allies in this mission. You are my partners. The God of the universe is reaching out his hand to you and says, join me. You have a part to play in this story. God is worthy of our worship because he takes ordinary, broken, messed up, People like you and I, in all of our brokenness, in all the ways that we don't measure up, in all the ways that we don't feel like we're adequate, God reaches out his hand to us and says, I want you to do great things for my kingdom. I believe in you. You can do great things to expand my kingdom. And I was reminded reading through this psalm the past week, especially verse 7. Did you catch that about what Laura mentioned in the children's sermon today? He gives justice to the oppressed, and he gives food to the hungry. (laughs) How ironic that four million meals are being packaged a few blocks away from here. It's God who's doing this. And this past week, as Laura mentioned, many city branchers, as well as over, I think, 12,000 volunteers poured into Hy-Vee Hall to beg meals to fight world hunger. Our team was pretty pumped. Uh, We had lots of different teams, City Branch, but the one that I was on, we were pretty pumped that we filled 16 boxes. That's over 500 meals in an hour. And you'd say, oh, good job. But that kind of defeats the purpose of what we're doing here, and I was convicted of that. It's God that feeds the hungry and is... God who provided the truckloads and truckloads and truckloads of rice and soy and vegetables. It's God who grew them in the ground and harvested them and gave us the ingenuity and the creativity to harvest them and to get them somehow to Hy-Vee Hall in these barrels and then to be dumped in and scoop, scoop, pour, scoop, scoop, pour into the bag and to know that if you look at that slide, you kind of read Haiti, Israel, Jamaica, Mexico, Nigeria, South Africa, Iowa, That's on there too. And New Mexico. All these places that these meals are going to go. It is God who's going to bring hopefully over 4 million meals to starving children all over the world in a few weeks. And we had our hands in it. We are partners in that with God. And so things like that just kind of make you shake your head and praise God for what he's doing. This is when the Psalms... (laughs) come to life before our very eyes (laughs) i I can still smell it the psalms are real the bible that you have in front of you this morning it's not just words and the songs that we sing are not just words it's real and it's alive and we can be partners in it with god 
and he calls us to join him. But it's not just about these big events. It's not just about meals from the heartland. We're called to praise God because of the many ways that he's moving in and through us every single day. You might be thinking, well, what role can I, I didn't do, I wasn't a part of that. I, it's just big things, right? No. It's when you love and respect your spouse. It's when you're a loyal friend. It's when you invest time with your children. It's when you show Jesus by your integrity at work or at school. God calls us to be his partners as he moves and works in this world, and it's his mission, but many times he calls us to use our hands and our feet to accomplish it, to make it real for people. And that's why I believe that what we do here on Sundays in worship is so intimately connected with the many ways that we reach out and serve others around the city every single week. If you look in your bulletin, if you go to the Welcome Center, if you go to our website, there's not a week that people aren't out doing things and sometimes I don't even know anything about it. But you're incredible. (laughs) You're an incredible church because you know that we're not here for ourselves. We're not here to just have a club here on Sunday mornings at Hubble at Charles McGuire Gymnasium. That's not why we're here. We're here this week to celebrate what God is doing as a family and then to get fired up and to be sent back out to go and continue to do the same thing during the week. So I'm going to ask Paul to come up one last time as we conclude this morning. And he's going to lead us. And and as we sing, this isn't necessarily a song from the Psalms, but it's a song where we ask God to open our eyes. And if you want to look one last time at verse 8, kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit there, but I think it's really powerful. 146 verse 8. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. And you might think, well, that's just for kids over in Africa that are blind. Well, what about you? Where are you blind this morning to the ways that God wants to move in your life? What is God up to around you? Or you just go through the motions every single day and tomorrow, well, not tomorrow because it's a holiday. Hopefully you won't go to work. But maybe Tuesday you go to work or you go to school or whatever you do, and you just kind of put your blinders on. And this morning, I want to ask you to open the eyes of your heart. What is God doing around you? What great adventure is God calling you to be a part of today to expand his kingdom? Whether it's just a little thing, like spending some time with your kids, (laughs) or whether it's a big thing, like feeding four million people. God has a role for you to play. And so I want to, as you sing this song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, I want you to think about that, not just the words. Make it your prayer. God, open my eyes to what's around me every single day, to the the people that I walk by, to the people that I drive by, to the things that I see all around my city. God, open the eyes of my heart so that I can see with your eyes, so that I can feel with your heart. So let's stand together. And let's make this our prayer. Be watchful. Be patient this week. And as you sing this song, think about that. It's not a God who's gone missing. It's not a God that's missing. It's a God that's right here. He's very present and he's very close to every single one of you today. It's a God who's closer than any of us could ever imagine. And a God who knows what you're feeling today. It's a God who knows your heart and a God who's calling you to be so much more. 
God who is calling you to be the very best that you can be, to use all the gifts and talents that he's given you, to partner with him. You were created to praise, and so let's worship God and ask him to open our eyes. on the cross we just declare this morning that you are worthy of our worship just because of who you are but also because of what you've done and the incredible things that you've done to bring us life to forgive us and to bring us that incredible grace that you have amen